0: Just isn't it isn't it isn't this so edifying the truth isn't it sets you free amen if it doesn't set you free, it's probably not true right okay, Lord, bless our class tonight and these thoughts in Jesus name amen, so let's look back in first John chapter two and we didn't get a chance to finish chapter two, and so I just want to highlight a couple of things that we see um in chapter one, I want to kind of give you this word light. Light, and it's from the Greek word phos, and it literally refers to holiness, a holiness or uh, wholeness. And the idea is that God is perfectly whole, he is perfectly complete. As it says in Colossians 2.10, We are complete in him or we are holy. So when you see this word light through 1 John, really the whole five chapters, it's referring to the holiness of God. This is why there is no darkness in God at all. He is perfectly whole. He is perfectly uh, pure. And then we're gonna see another word, darkness. And this is an interesting word, skotos in the Greek. And Scotos is referring to a darkened understanding. And this happens through ignorance. right? Remember the three things that lead to false teaching. Anybody remember them? What are the three things that lead to false teaching? Number one is of the word. Okay, They leave the knowledge of the word.
1: Ignorance?
0: Okay. Forgetting the truth and ignorance. Yes. Okay. So forgetting the truth and we will, like Zoe and Karen said, if we don't fellowship with something, we will lose it. Just like uh, if a gymnast leaves their training, they will also, their skill will eventually leave them. Right? so ignorance right big deal here willingly or unwillingly right so darkness creeps in because of ignorance and disrespect disrespect uh disrespect for the divine is that with an i or an e i think it's with an i disrespect so if i disrespect the divine which means i have no reverence or honor, then what happens? Darkness begins to come into my life. And it's very interesting we see in Matthew 6, 22 through 24, how great is that darkness. And this is the scary thing is that if I allow or flirt or um Flirt is a good word. We draw near without real understanding to something, let's say something dark, then it will impact our life, okay? This word is disrespect here. So are you looking at like, what kind of language am I writing here? Disrespect. Like if we don't have an honor to the word, then what happens? We, We cannot follow two masters. What will happen? We'll serve the one and hate the other. So... Again, the world will impact us if we uh, if we're not influencing the world, the world will impact us. okay so, how great is that darkness it, It's just like someone that's been in you ever see someone that gets saved and they're going after God, they're pursuing the Lord, and then all of a sudden they begin to drift, they begin to uh, stop coming to church or stop opening their Bible, or really something hijacks them. What happens? Darkness begins to enter their life, and what happens? They are led away. okay? The two words uh, that we're going to look at in a minute, there's an attraction that leads to an attachment, okay. So we see light is an illumination. It's an illumination of holiness. So when you and I get to know the Lord and we get to know His love, we get to know His grace. It is illuminated. It's made alive. It's very much a beautiful... In the Old Testament, we see this Shekinah glory. It's the presence of God. This is light. Okay? Right? And light defeats the darkness every single time. So, if we have darkness in our life, we're not called to analyze that darkness. We're called to walk in the light. Amen? So... Whatever it is, remember we said it over and over, the struggle is not sin. The struggle is not sin, but it's the action of that struggle. If we choose Christ, we grow. If we choose ourselves, darkness grows. Okay? Really, really valuable. Now, in 1 John chapter 2, okay, before I go there, I'm just going to briefly say verse 12 through 14, we see the identity of the family. Uh, really, really valuable, the identity of the family. And um, we have spoken a lot about that. We just spoke about it on Grace Hour. But he writes this word, little children, okay? Now, when John uses that word, little children, the word is uh, technon, technon, T-E-K-N-I-O-N, technon. And it literally means immature babes, okay? So John is John is referring to their spiritual capacity. By the way, here's an interesting note about John. I read this and I thought this was fascinating. John, he began to follow the Lord when he was a teenager. Isn't that interesting? He began to follow the Lord when he was a teenager. Okay, so when you look through John, the Apostle John, the first, second, third John, and the book of Revelations, it's amazing. Like, we see John here, the Apostle, he gave God his best years, and we know John as the disciple whom Jesus loved. I mean, Jesus loves everyone, right? You ever say that to somebody? Oh, Jesus loves you. Oh, he loves everybody. Yeah, right. That's true. But John had a personal revelation of love that we're going to go into tonight, okay? So um, so think about this, the identity of the family, okay? And I'm just going to, I'm not going to go there right now because I need to go to someplace else, but that is very edifying to see that God has a plan, yes, for the sons, yes, he challenges the fathers, and yes, he talks again about the young men, and it's all about the word abiding in you. You see that? You see that you are strong because the word abides in you. You have overcome the wicked one, why? The word is in you and you've known him in verse uh, 13 who is from the beginning. I want to bring something to your attention here in verse 15 through 19. We talked about um the lust patterns, okay? Let's look at that together. The lust patterns. What did we say lust was? What is lust? Anybody remember? What's that? Selfishness, yes, but a little bit more than that. What is lust? Craving of the flesh. Okay, craving of the flesh, good. What was the word we used? We, pardon? Iniquity. Iniquity, that is the fruit of lust, eventually. Iniquity is that rebellion. But we said a word specifically, lust is what? It's reaching. It's reaching for the things that God has not provided, okay? It's reaching for something that God has not provided. One of the the great issues about addiction is it's two reasons. There's two things. To help people overcome addiction, you first must expose the lie, and secondly, you must expose the reason or devalue the reason, okay? What is the lie? Why is it that someone is reaching? It's because they don't believe God can meet their needs. They don't believe that God will be faithful. They don't trust. We don't trust. There's something in us that says we are going to do it ourselves. Okay? And certainly, Proverbs 10, 12, when God adds, he adds no sorrow. But I tell you, when we do it, there's a lot of problems, right? There's a lot of problems. So what is the lie? I'm not worthy. If you knew who I was, you'd want nothing to do with me. Um, Really, uh, God is not going to meet my most important desire, my most important need, all lies. Maybe that's a lie that's learned in our childhood through traumatic experience, through a broken home. Uh, Maybe words that are said that impact the gentle and fragile soul. And God is like I want to expose that lie and put it in truth. Secondly, reason why we do what we do, okay? Why we do what we do, okay? We got to exp- we got to expose both of these. And this is where we can start thinking with God, right? So, we have the flesh, the lust of the flesh, which is the five senses, which is sensual. Okay, my flesh, okay? Again, we are all receptors. And we are, we, uh, we are impacted by vibrations and by emotion, by we are very uh, susceptible, all right? And we need the armor of God. Okay, we also said it's the lust of the eyes, right? To covet visual appeal, envy and greed, okay? The visual, okay? Have to guard our eyes, don't we? We really have to guard our eyes. I love Job 31. I've made a covenant with mine eyes. Covenant, right? And we also said the pride of life, which is power, approbation, recognition. This is a good test for us men, right? Do we have to be in charge? Do we have to be in control? And are we okay being a supportive, in a supportive role? Are we okay doing nothing, right? It's a great challenge, I think, for us men. Maybe sure for the women too. But um, if we're not being used, we somehow can enter into this real insecure state. And God is saying, I am working in your life so that it's not about you and it's not about me, okay? So, it starts, it starts with attachment which is based on enticement, where it is the bait and switch, right? It's the dangling of the carrot and there's this response, right? This emotion, the temptation and what happens? It becomes an attachment because of enticement. And then we see that it leads to, I'm sorry, I apologize. It's an attraction. It's an attraction, not attachment. It's an attraction first. An attraction, it gets our, it gets our attention and then it becomes an attachment. It's something we, like a fish with a hook, and the enticement turns into entrenchment, entrenchment where now we can't get out. We can't get out. You know, and this is what Job 41 is all about. Let's turn there for a minute. I want to show you an interesting verse. Job 41, uh, and we can all relate to this. So there's an attraction. Proverbs 1:10. We are led away in our lusts because uh we're in the flesh, right? And then it's a then it's entrenchment, 2 Timothy 2, 4, where um we are now held hostage, right? All right, let's look at Job 41 for a I want to show you something interesting. This is why playing with sin, sin is not our friend. And um when you read through Job 41, it's an interesting Uh, An interesting illustration here of the dragon, which many refer to as the old sin nature. And I tend to believe that. Uh, But look at verse 5. Will you play with him as a bird, or will you leash him for your maidens? Will your companions make a banquet of him? Will they apportion him among the merchants? Can you fill his skin with harpoons, or with his head with fishing uh, Spears. So, and then it says, "Lay your hand on him and remember the battle. Remember the battle, and never do it again." You see those words? So it's like this: Let's say you're going to a fine restaurant and you bring your dog. Okay, and your dog is not cont- not is not a good behavior dog. Like Joe's dog is a beautiful dog, right? But this dog, let's say he's out of control. And there you are, nice restaurant, white tablecloth, everyone's in a three-piece, whatever, and, and there it is. And you got a leash on your dog, okay? What's going to happen? Your dinner comes out, and that dog's going to go ape, right? It's going to go jump. He's going to jump on the waiter. He's going to steal that steak. He's going to stomp on the table. He's going to jump to the other person's table, right? He's going to be out of control, all right? Our flesh is like this, it can't be managed. And this is the point of Job 41. You cannot manage your flesh. You and I cannot tame something that is in our nature. The only way to do it is through crucifixion and through walking in the spirit, Ephesians 5.16. And this is an important point. If you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So what am I gonna do? My emphasis is walking in the spirit. Okay? So that's very, very valuable. Attraction that leads to attachment. Okay? Attachment that leads to entrenchment. 2 Timothy 1.4. So what's his answer here? Do not love the world. Well, does that mean we're like monks and nuns and we have nothing? We live in a... We live in a a wood room with with no possessions and no makeup. and No, it doesn't mean that. It means that our possessions don't possess us. It means our possessions don't become our gods. We don't chase the American dream. By the way, the American dream is is a nightmare. It is. It is. It really is. Now, I am thankful. You are thankful, I'm sure, to all of these wonderful possessions we have. But if they possess us, it is... A nightmare. Yes, right. Uh, uh, yes. And what was it? Uh, crucifixion and walking in the spirit. Oh. So, what does that mean? It's Romans twelve one. I present myself every day, even in temptation. Lord, here I am. I'm a weak bag of bones, but fill me. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead can quicken my mortal body. Romans eight one, and my my. Uh, my flesh cleaves when 1925 it cleaves to the dust so our natural propensity is to sin is to go down is to take the hook like the fish with the with the reel right so we set up boundaries like we said and we are aware we are careful okay make sense okay that is worthy of another two hours, but uh, I have to jump further on to something here, okay? Any questions? Yes. Yes, Brandon. Uh, can, can
1: you please um, say again
0: what the attraction is to words. Yep. Attraction is because of enticement. Proverbs 1.10. If sinners entice thee, my son, cast thou not thy consent. Okay? If the devil suggests. Go get, a, go get a couple beers and just wander around. Okay. The issue is where is that going to take me? Where is that going to lead me? Where is that going? Is that going to add to my faith or is that going to cause us to fall in our faith? That attachment, remember what we said it bear, uh, when, we, when the sin bears fruit, it creates death and brings in entrenchment. I am now stuck. I am now a prisoner. I'm now a hostage. right And by the way, if there's something in our life that's a besetting sin or something that we cannot um, have victory over, it's beautiful to have someone you can talk to, pray with, be accountable to, and um, have what's called an agopic relationship with an agopic relationship. What, what do you think that means? Personal, yes, but a little deeper, Josh. Someone who's going to, like, love you unconditionally, not judge you. Precisely. Precisely, okay? Not someone that's going to blow fluff, but is going to just be there to say, hey, listen, let's walk together, okay? All right. Yes? Do you have a verse for, like, um, attachment? You yes, attraction and... Second Timothy two four, Second Timothy two four. Yeah, Mark nine is interesting. Chapter it talks about clinging demons. That's another one. Okay, that actually happens when you and I flirt with the world. Demons cannot possess us, but they certainly can oppress. That's why memories and the cravings. These are things that are. Animal nature, our old sin nature desires. And that's why we need to be purged and cleansed of our mind. Okay? In 2 Timothy chapter 2 is an excellent chapter. The devil takes them captive at his own will. It's amazing how our bodies are wired. Sin will rewire us. And this is why we need grace and truth to have us be renewed again. And that's why we love these points about the blood. The blood covers, yes. The the blood cleanses. We are brand brand new. We are not who we were. And Thirdly, it makes us brand new, okay? So very important. All right. So let me let me overview a few things here. First John, the 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 um the title I'd like you to remember is First John is all about everlasting love. Second John is the truth about love. I wanna talk about love tonight a little bit if I can get there. <laughs> uh, and Third John is the fellowship of love, not the ring, right? Okay, bad joke, okay. Boy, that didn't go over well, okay. All right. So let's look at that together. Um, where am I here? Actually, before I do that, let's look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. I gave you a handout that is valuable just to look at for a minute. How many have heard of these words before? Anybody heard these words before? Okay, let's look at them briefly, okay? Um, so we are in this chapter of everlasting love, right? What does love start with? 1 John 4.19, it starts with Jesus Christ, and it never ends, John 13.1. Isn't that good? Never ends. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And those nine things are so important to memorize, right? Everlasting. Eternals without without beginning, without end. But everlasting, it has a starting point, but it has no ending point, okay? So this everlasting love that John is saying is you experience this love when you get saved, okay? This agape love. So, 1 John 2.20, we see this word anointing. This is, uh, again, worth an incredible amount of time. But briefly, let's, let's think of this together. Um, it, is, it is from the word crushing. And it's, from the, it's also talking about the presence of God. That we have, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things... I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and no lie is of the truth. He goes into again. Uh, we're going to talk about the three proofs of truth in a moment, but verse 22 gives us those three proofs. Okay. Uh, again, he's talking about in verse 26. This word deception. Remember, his whole point is, don't be ignorant. Be understanding of truth so you don't get lied to. Do not be deceived by false teachers. And then he says something in 27. But the anointing which you've received from him abides in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you, but at the same anointing teaches you concerning all things that is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, it will abide in him. So this is not referring to we don't need a pastor teacher. That's not what it's referring to but it's referring to Christ being our ultimate teacher, okay? But we do need a pastor-teacher to help account to break down the Word, someone to be accountable to, and someone to shepherd our soul, right? But I want to look at Ephesians 1:19 because it really gives us a good picture of the anointing. So the anointing is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life, okay? It's the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life. You and I are anointed. When you got saved, you were sealed, Ephesians 1.13, in the Holy Spirit. You are anointed. Now, the manifestation of that anointing is not always present. We don't always see that manifestation. Okay, But you're anointed. The Holy Spirit is actively in your life. And as you walk with him, you will experience the ministry of, of that Holy Spirit. And you'll experience these five words. Ephesians 1 19 through 21. Who wants to read those for me? Who wants to read those for me? Uh, Ephesians, does everyone have this paper? Yeah. Ephesians 1 19 through 21. Josh go for it. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe?
1: According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is up.
0: Excellent. Okay, good. So let's look at these word dunamis comes from the word dynamite. It means a divine ability. God will give you a divine ability beyond your talent in the Holy Spirit. The divine ability to be patient. The divine ability to restrain yourself. The divine ability to be bold. The divine ability to go and do something that nobody else will do, but the Lord is leading you to do it. Divine ability. Divine ability. Dunamis. That power is so excellent. Energia, obviously from the word energy. It's the display of power. People recognize it. People see your life. David, Jonathan, Joshua. uh, Obviously Jesus exhibited that. As he healed people. As he rose people from the dead. As he ministered life yes no ephesians chapter 1 19 through 21 right we're referring to it as the anointing in first John 2 20 and 27 yeah first John 220 and 27 talk about you have this anointing so we're referring that to these words of power you have this because the holy Spirit lives in you. Isn't that amazing? Okay? So think about it. Energia, the display of power. Iscus, powerful word. Iscus in verse 20. Positional and rights. You have mightiness. For instance, a king has iscus power. He has power and privilege to command and to initiate because of who he is. So you and I have iscus power in the Holy Spirit because of who we are in Christ. Isn't that amazing? So you're anointed because of who Christ is in your life. Because as he is, so are you in this present world. You are anointed. I am anointed. It's not always manifested, but it's something that's a ministry of the Holy Spirit. And it teaches us. Psalm 25, 9. Good, Good verse. The, the Holy Spirit teaches us about Christ. Now, notice this Krakos or Kratos, okay? Dominion, ruling, okay? Interesting word there. It comes from the, the verse that He always leads us in triumph. Where's that verse? He always leads us into triumph. Yes, Second Corinthians what? 2. 14. Let's look at that verse together. Amazing. So because of who Christ is, he's the one that leads you and I. By his victory, we have victory. Let's read that together. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Does that mean we're going to always triumph? It doesn't. But it doesn't mean that he's. It, what it means is he is leading us in his triumph so that we are more than an overcomer. You see that? Are we going to always win? We're not, but ultimately we're winners, right? Pastor Jesus. Yes. Which word in that verse is triumph? triumph. He leads us in triumph dominion in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place so let's turn back I want to keep this in Ephesians so what does this mean it means because of what Christ did because he overcame he's the one that ultimately defeated his dominion is now your position you can rule see the devil doesn't want you to know that The devil wants us to live like little lambs and and just live like uh, an insecure believer. But no, we take authority because we've been given the authority of Christ. Let's look back at Ephesians 119. I I want you to catch these words, right? 119, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? Dunamis. According to the working of his mighty power. Energia, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead uh, and seated him at the right hand in heaven far above principalities and powers and might and dominion kratos, kratos, excuse me kratos, okay that we might have dominion in every name that is named not only in the age but also in which is to come, verse 21 exousia delegated authority that means God, the same power that Christ had, you have. So you might say, can I raise the dead? If that's the will of God, he'll give you that power. Can I heal somebody? Well, the issue isn't me healing, the issue is God healing. That's where the, that's where the faith movement really misses it. It makes it centralized on the, on the faith healer when actually it's not about the healing, it's about the healer Christ. If Christ wants to heal somebody, we've had that in our church. Uh, I remember a guy who had spots on his liver, uh, cancerous spots, and we prayed over him. He went for a checkup, and his liver was totally clean. Totally totally miraculous. Right, the verse of, right on the verge of cirrhosis of the liver. Today, he's in our church. I could tell you his name, but I won't. <laughs> he has a perfect liver. and That's amazing. What is that? It is the power of God. To and that's energia, it's the display of power. So exousia, God will give you power over the devil. He'll give you power over your sin nature. He'll give you power over evil. That's our anointing. Isn't that awesome? God's given that to you and I. So this is the like we see through the whole Old Testament, the crushing and this oil poured out. The oil speaking of the Holy Spirit sopping the the priest and covering the the sacrifice. And the priest would anoint their ear and their finger and their right toe. Why? Because their ear had to be anointed, their hand had to be anointed for service, and their foot had to be anointed for their way. Any questions on that? Isn't that awesome? Study this out. Study this out. It's very, very interesting uh, that That is very encouraging. Okay. As um, someone brought up today, Isaiah ten twenty seven. Let's read Isaiah ten twenty seven. Just and then we're going to take a break in a moment. Who wants to read ten twenty seven? Is the word anointed? Is the word anointed every time? Is the word anointed every time? How about this side of the room? Yes. Is, the, is the person delivering the word anointed? Yes. Okay. That was a trick question.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: not, always. not always. I mean, we're anointed positionally, but the display of the anointing, the the sense of the anointing is not always displayed, right? But the word is always anointed, right? So 1027... That's why when we get up to preach and we go up to minister, we want to pray and make sure we're not in the flesh. We have no confidence in the flesh. Lord, let these be your words. Lord, let, these be, let this be your manifestation. It's not a personality. It's not charisma. It's not a show. But it is... I mean, you can get up there. John, Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards, the guy read the message, Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God. He read it. Monotone. I mean, it was the driest delivery in history. And people felt like they were going to hell in that message. They literally felt the fires of hell in that message. Jonathan Edwards, Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God. If you've never learned that story about him, it's shocking. So the delivery is important, but our heart before God is more important. All right, 1027, it shall come to pass in the day that the burden will be taken away from their shoulder and the yoke from the neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. It's amazing. When Christ was prepared for burial, they poured hundreds of different uh, spices and herbs on on him to to dedicate him for his birth. What, What were the three things? What were the three things that we see that the three wise men brought? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, right? Okay, awesome. All right, let's take a break. Any questions? Any questions so far? What are we talking about? What did we just talk about? Talk back to me a little bit. The anointing. The anointing.
1: <laughs> okay. What else did we say?
0: Power that comes with it. Okay. Yes. Good. Great bow. Very good. Yes. We pray that we're anointed, right? We we really put the word first, right? Right. But no flesh can glory. Psalm one fifteen one. This is a good verse. Unto you, O Lord, unto you, our Lord, be all the glory. That, that's our attitude, right? Because we're just a channel. You're just a channel, right? And you've sensed, God, I'm sure. You've sensed when God is speaking through you, right? What is that? You're operating in one of these five powers. Good. All right, let's take a 10-minute break. Let's take a 10-minute break. Amen. All right, so there's been a few great questions. A um, couple few great questions. So let, let me clarify, uh, I don't know if I'm going to get to John chapter 3, but I, I have to. Think about this, when God looks at the believer, okay, he looks at you and I, there's my excellent artwork here, he sees us covered in the blood, okay? So this is important because when God looks at you, God, the creator of the plan, Jesus was the executor of the plan, and the Holy Spirit was the fulfillment of the plan. Okay, really important. Three persons, three separate ministries and jobs. Okay, really valuable. So when God looks at you and I, he sees a son or daughter. Okay, Jesus is covering us in his blood. So Jesus sees us in the blood. Okay, that's why the blood declares better things. But the Holy Spirit is in the believer and that is where the turbulence is, right? And uh, there is quenching and uh, there's Galatians 2.20, there's insulting, there's grieving and this is where the Holy Spirit is saying respond to God, forsake your sin move away from it repent and be set free. So the ministry of God and Jesus Christ are what they are But you and I, as we walk in the Spirit, we will have the power and experiential authority in Christ. Okay? Does that make sense? Another great question that was brought up by Erhan. um, The Holy Spirit, okay, the Word of God is always anointed, right? We see that the Word is forever settled in heaven in Psalm 119. Okay? It's forever settled in heaven. So it's the Word of God. The person, you and I, if we are in the Spirit and fast up to date, reliant on the Spirit, then we will hear from God. We will operate in the Spirit. If we're not, let's say we're in sin, the word that we speak is still anointed, but we will not experience it because we are separated from God. Okay, So that's just an important note that as we pray, prepare our heart, seek the Lord, seek His face, the anointing will become stronger and stronger in our life, where you'll be able to say a word and walk in the spirit and have great authority. Really quick, Brandon, go ahead. of Yes, Yeah, wouldn't you say? Seeking, right presenting, relying, yielding, Romans chapter seven is a great chapter on that. Does that make sense? Okay, awesome. I love the feedback, okay? All right, let's look at 1 John chapter 3, okay? The love of God, okay? The love of God. So this love is agape love, agape love, okay? Now, this is the first thing the devil would want us to be familiar with. Like, I've heard this before, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. We don't know this. I don't know this. I could hear it for millennia. And I still. You and I would still not. Understand. In Ephesians. Um, the. the I think mean it's 4.17 and 18. The depth and height. Uh, 3.17. Excuse me. The height and depth and length of the love of God. And to be rooted in this love. Just think about this for a minute. Think about this. I want to give you five words. That will hopefully. Understand love. Now, remember what we said about meditation? We said it's good to have a meditation tree. Anybody remember that? Yes. Okay. What we said was to define the mechanics or characteristics of something. And I just challenge you uh, to go deep, to drill down, and to let the Holy Spirit kind of really unearth some new ground. So when we think about agape love, what is agape love? What is agape? What does that word mean? Joe?
1: Unconditional.
0: Okay, good. We see this in 1 Corinthians 13. You and I are not in that, those first uh, 15 verses. It's really an action of God loving you and I, right? Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, thinks no evil, right? We usually hear that at a wedding and someone's like, I can't love my spouse like that. And we say, we understand that only God can love us. He loves us perfectly. Perfect love. 1 John 4.18, we are perfected in this love as we receive it. Isn't that good? It's amazing. So, let me give you some great words. Number one, it's transcendent. Okay, it's transcendent. This love is from above. It is something that cannot be contaminated. Okay? That means your sin cannot change who God is. He is, here's a, here's a million dollar word, ontological. Okay, Which means God was before there was a reason for him to be. Okay, that's a fancy way of saying God was before we needed him. So God is love. We see that over 25 times in 1 John chapter 4. 1 John 3, 1, the banner over us is love. This is how God deals with you and I every single time. Every time. is that good? Amen? Transcendent. It's above demons. It's above flesh. It's above Um, Everything that could contaminate, it is pure. Number two, it's perpetual. Perpetual. You say, what is perpetual? A good example is going to the beach and watching the waves relentlessly come in, come in, come in, and it never stops. You could stand there on the shore and say, waves stop coming, and what would happen? They'd still come, right? God's love is perpetual. It is not something that can be diluted. It cannot something that can be deflected. And it's not something that can be more intense or less intense. It is absolute perpetual. Do I hear an amen on that? Amen. That's awesome. It's eminent. Eminence. Eminent. Okay, Eminent. Which means it's perfectly full. It's not you have a piece of God's love and I have a piece of God's love and Sandon has 30% of God's love and Erhan has 90% or well, that doesn't work on the math here, 40% and Karen has 2%. No, no. It is everyone has perfect fullness of God's love. Okay. Eminent, not imminent, but eminent. Yeah, it's okay. I knew you'd say that. I am, excuse me, Ooh, I can't even read my own writing. I am A N E N C E. Eminence. Eminence. Okay? Fullness. Totally full. God is loving us with 100% of it, of Himself. It's amazing. But God, I didn't do this. God, I didn't do that. God is, lo- there's no intensity. This is why God doesn't have any potential. There's no potential. Okay, let's say I'm 25 years old. I'm at the prime of my life. I have full potential to do great things. But now I'm 65 and I'm diminished, right? That's not how God works. God is not, has, God has no potential. He is what's called actual, which means he's 100%, 100% of the time. That's awesome. Awesome. Okay, thirdly, it's unilateral. Unilateral. I just looked at the board. I'm sorry for my hieroglyphics tonight. Unilateral. It means that it's the action of one person. That means there's no negotiation. Like if you do this, I'll do that. If you're a good person, then I'll give you a little extra... Give you a little extra gravy on your mashed potatoes. No, no. It is, God is saying, I have made a decision to love you 100% of the time because of who I am and because of my value. Uh, Your value to me, excuse me. Unilateral.
1: Okay, the next one is preemptive.
0: Preemptive. Okay. Another word for ontological. It means it was there before it was needed. If we're depressed, God doesn't react and say, oh, I've got to give that person love. No, no. He was there even before we were depressed or lonely or discouraged. God is like saying, I am love. I am it. It's not something I do. It's not something uh, that I produce. I am emanating. Love, Isn't That awesome. So, uh, when someone says this, you know, do you know how much God loves you? Oh, I've heard that before, and it's like you know, information, right? I remember, <laughs> I remember a conversation where I had some. I was like, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, no, no, no. A holy God left a perfect place to give us what we could never earn. To have a relationship with someone that could never, ever be a recipient of anything good. God did it all because of his great love. For God so loved. He so loved. So when you look at John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, really it's 10 through 24. But let's, re- let's read the first couple verses. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. What manner of love? What manner of love is it? What kind of love are we talking about? Agape. Perfect love. Tough love. Stubborn love. It's mature. 1 John 4.18, you are perfected in love. It's amazing. That we should be called the children of God. So it's not my little children anymore. Technon, little babes, little immature babes, right? No, no, no. It's now you are you are my son and daughter because of the work of, of love. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are the children of God. He says it again. Uh, it has not yet been revealed what he shall what we shall be but we know that when he is revealed we shall be like him this is beautiful this is this is sanctification like you and I know in part first Corinthians 13 12 we see through a dark uh, dim a uh, dim dimly we see through the through this uh, kind of like obscure way here and God is saying uh, it is so much better when we see him we're going to be revealed as An image of him. And everyone who has this hope in him. Purifies himself. Just as he is pure. Great promise. See that? He's going back into purity. Don't forget that theme of purity. Right? Right? We read that in Peter. The day of the Lord. Why did he bring that up? Because God will purify the earth. Right? He's purifying you and I. So that we can be receivers of of his goodness. All right, now we've covered verse 4, right? Uh, again, uh, whoever commits sin, 1 John 3, 9, same thing. Uh, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is, sin is lawlessness. And you know that he has manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sin has neither seen him nor known him okay little children let no one deceive you he who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous and he who sin is of the devil for the devil has sinned from the beginning for this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil okay we said that that habitual lifestyle shows stronghold shows a a foothold uh, right do not give the devil place why because he will take It all right. So this is talking about a habitual lifestyle. Okay. What I want to what I want to focus on right now is let me give you three things um, that help us understand um, the test of genuineness. Okay. The test of genuineness. Um, All right. So the first proof, if we could say, how do we know if something's true? Right. This is what he's saying. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Okay, the only way we're not deceived is if we're educated, right? Okay, so the first proof of genuineness is doctrine. It's doctrine. I wonder if I have my notes here. Uh, did I write that down? Oh, let me find that. This is so good. Yeah, bear with me a second here. Hmm. This is worth just bear with me one second. I want to find this one point. Ah, here it is. Great. I love it when you can find your notes. Okay, doctrine. Okay. Let me give you four points on that, okay? I know I'm really throwing it at you tonight. Number one. Does it have the pattern of the original? How do we know if it's true? Does it have the pattern of the original? Who's the original? Christ. Would Christ say this to me? Would Christ do this for me? How was, did Christ illustrate this for me, right? So is it true? Does it have a doctrinal foundation? And does it reveal a pattern? Number two, does it reflect the heart of God? Does it reflect what Christ died to give us? This is why we want to be careful not to believe a lie, because sometimes the lie can be more attractive. Sometimes because it has it's mixed with a a fragment of truth, but it is it does. That's the most powerful lie is the one that's closest to the truth. But does it reflect the heart? That's why someone might say something to you and might rattle you the whole day. And it's like, wait a minute. Does that reflect the pattern of God? Would God say that to me? Did God die to give that to me? Okay. Does it reflect the heart of God? Uh, No, no, no. Okay. So then we dismiss it. Number three, does uh, does it reflect the spirit of God? Right? Does it reflect his spirit? What's his spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, temperance, goodness, meekness, right? Galatians 5.22. It has what kind of spirit? Lord, I think we should uh, call down fire and burn up the people that doesn't receive your gospel. Jesus said, oh, really? What kind of spirit are you of? Sounds like you're full of yourself, right? And number four, this is all under doctrine, genuineness, is what is the fruit of it? Right? What's the fruit? Is it bringing people to Christ? Is it drawing people to Christ and saving souls? Is it something that sets the believer free? Is it something that causes us to run to God? Okay. All right. That's that's awesome. That's like great stuff right there. Okay. All right. The second proof. The second proof this is what happens, you have too many notes, <laughs> is obedience,
1: obedience,
0: is it something that transforms me? So doctrine is the persona of God and obedience is the, the working power of God, the transformation. That's why religion kills. Religion kills. It is dead to the revelation of Christ. That's religion. Yes. Obedience is the transformation. It's the ministry. It's the ministry. Okay, I just gave you the proofs. But is what we're a part of, is it something that's producing obedience and transformation. Okay. So remember the law, the law's like the mirror. Okay, I got I got dirt on my face. The law is like that mirror. It, it tells me I got dirt on my face. Who's gonna wipe the dirt on my face? The mirror is not gonna do that. I need someone with the grace ministry to wipe my face. Okay, that is the ministry or obedience. And then thirdly, the action of love. Is there love? Is there love? That's why religion is, religion labels people in their sin. Religion is a regiment without a spirit. Religion is something, it's the do, 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 and there's no relationship in religion. That's why you've got Hindus and and you've got Buddhists and you've got Muslims and you've got all these dear folk the atheists and the, the Shintoists and, the, and oh my gosh, we could just go through all these labels and they're absolutely lost if they don't come to Christ. John 14, 6, he is the way, only way, the truth and the life, okay? So test of genuineness. So he is saying here, do not be deceived. And this is how, uh, verse 10, you are not deceived. And then he goes into... This whole point about relationship. Okay. All right. Let's look at chapter 3 quickly. 16. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. Isn't that good? How do we know love? How do I know how to love my wife or love our spouse or love our neighbor? We look at Christ's sacrificial life. Yes, Tori. We We are in 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. Yep. Because remember, what is the atmosphere here? What's going on in 1 John? Gnosticism. Gnosticism is everywhere. What is Gnosticism? It is that knowledge is the superior virtue. Let me see a couple words about Gnosticism. You want to hear a couple words about Gnosticism? Chelsea, you want to hear a couple words about Gnosticism? Okay. The Bible should be interpreted in a non-literal sense and only a few gnostic intellectuals can interpret it. Does that sound like the pattern? Yeah. The Bible should be interpreted in a non-literal sense. Well, that's convenient, right? You find that non-literal. It means figurative. It means you interpret the Bible your way to your to your angle to, you know, you just you can explain away the Bible, right? Non-literal. Is the Bible literal, by the way? Yeah. Yes, it is. Number two, God is... You don't have to know these. I just want to help you. This is what's going on with these believers. There is Gnosticism. Okay? God is not the only creator because the world is material and everything material is evil. God could have not created a sinful world. Ooh. Here's another one. This is Gnosticism. And this is all over. uh, And all through three Johns here. This is why love is his emphasis. Love. God loving us. God loving us through things. God's love is perfecting us. Christ was not God. As deity cannot be united with material. Because material is evil. Christ was a man. Thus he could not be God. That's... That's like, how would we answer that? Was he fully God and fully man? Flesh. The Word became flesh. Pretty clear. the op- they, uh, The openly committed gross sin of immorality, saying it does not make the difference, as the spirit is not affected by one's physical actions. By the way, you can live any way you want, because the spirit is not affected by your. Outward actions. Orthodoxy. In some cases, I lived with an Orthodox family when I was in the Ukraine. And it was, it was really interesting. In my early years, I rented a room. They spoke no English. Amazing couple. This is how I, I was studying Ukrainian. And this really boosted my language, obviously, because <laughs> couldn't function if I couldn't communicate. And I had a long talk with this, this gentleman. And now he's the head priest of a large church in the, in the city of Lviv. They believe this. They believed they could live any way they wanted outside the church. God didn't see them. But in the church, oh man, you had to live exactly. So he had quite a lifestyle, I'll just put it that way. And because this is he believed this. That's Gnosticism. Yes, Bo.
1: So, for example, if we do decide to personally live like by the whole there be extra rewards for that, or is that just does that just become a person's choice?
0: I know it's kind of off Can we save that? That is a great question. We save that. I'd love to answer, because that's not a quick answer. Okay. That's a, <laughs> that's an awesome question. Um, to the Gnostic, it basically is boiled down to a person has two parallel natures, and they're completely separate. The evil side does evil. The spiritual side does spiritual. One is not responsible for the other. You can be a wonderful spiritual person and a crook at the same time. (laughs) So this is why the activity of love is, listen, I can fool anybody, but you and I in the spirit can discern genuine love. Right? Right? How are we doing? Does this make sense what we're talking about? I know we're throwing a lot of stuff at you tonight, but um, I was supposed to get into chapter four. Maybe I'll have you read that tonight. Let's look at this one. I love this one. Um, My little children, let us not love the verse 18. My little children, let us not love in word or tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this, we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, this is my favorite verse, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God and whatsoever we shall ask and receive from him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is the commandment that we should believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us this commandment. Now he who keeps this commandment abides in him and he in him. By this we know that he abides in us and the spirit he has given us. Wow. So, um, amen to that, huh? Love. Isn't love important? So, I loved your answers about love is love. Is love love? How do you define love? It's got to be based in truth, isn't it? Because Josh's love might be different than my love, right? Sandon's love, right? Might be different. But the love of God is perfect. It converts the soul. All right, let me show you one last thing, and we're going to have to save. What I want you to do tonight for reading is read 1 John 4. Pick out the 25 times it talks about love, okay? 24, 25 times. We might say, hey, I don't love myself. Hey, I don't love my neighbor. Hey, I don't love like Jesus loves. Well... Okay, newsflash. You're right. None of us can. But we are receivers of that love. You know, we've talked about purity, right? We've talked about purity. Anybody have a water filter? What do do water filters do? Okay. Thank you. It absorbs all the chemicals, right? The contaminants. But what happens if a filter gets clogged with the dirt, contaminant, lead, mercury? What happens? What happens to it?
1: Stop working.
0: it stops working. It stops absorbing. Right. So what do you got to do? You need to change your filter or in some cases you can clean out that filter and use it again. It's the same thing with our human heart. God is purifying us so that we can receive his love. We can be uh absolutely receivers of this perfect love. All right, let me share with you one more thing. I know we're kind of going right to the wire here. 1 John 4, one. Notice this word, beloved. And I'll give extra credit if you can tell me how many times in 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, how many times the word beloved is. Count it. It's shocking. Beloved, beloved, beloved. The darling, the cherished one. The one with great value. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. There it is. Check it. Make sure it reflects the heart, doctrine, and love of God. Test the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is God and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is has come into the flesh is not God, and this is the spirit of Antichrist. And you have heard what was coming, and now already is in the world. Okay, maybe we stop there. Awesome. We can uh, we can know we can talk about First John four one a little bit more in detail. But did I give you the themes to First, Second, Third John? Can everyone read those back to me? I want to make sure you have those. First, second, third John. Yes, John. Everlasting love. First John is everlasting love. Good. Truth about, Truth about love. Second John. Good. And third John. Fellowship. Fellowship. Good. All right. Good. All right. Last few minutes. What, what, what did you catch from tonight? We have a homework assignment too, I'll. Uh, Leave you. But what did
1: you catch from tonight? God's love was very multifaceted. Okay. A lot of different ways. Amen.
0: Oh. Power of anointing. Good. Okay. God's love never fails, right? Good. Power of anointing, good.
1: The way that we can test the spirit or discern the spirits and the doctrine.
0: Okay. Let me ask you, can demons cast out demons? Yes, they can. Oh, oh, oh. that's next class. <laughs> demons can definitely cast out demons. That's what half of the show is going on in these movements. Absolutely. Oh, I want to save that one.
1: Because
0: <laughs> really, it's shocking. When Jesus cast out demons, they were gone forever. When demons do it, they come back even stronger. Yes, with their hand up.
1: Josh. Uh, I'd like to hear a point from Job 41 about... Uh, in nature being like a dragon that you can't train then you think that movie how to train a dragon that's like you can't do that and, and
0: then you said the only way is essentially the gospel crucifixion and resurrection okay. so I like that thought. good Do you like that verse put your hand on him remember the <laughs> battle and, and don't do it again that, those are like excellent words it, it's like touching a pit bull, right? And he he rips into you. You're never going to do that again, right? Like we were out uh, with my son getting candy, and, and this lady had this this dog. It was a pit bull, pit bull and um, lab mix. So it had the lab face with a pit bull body. And I was like, okay, you know. No offense against those that have pit bulls, but I don't... I don't like, I mean, it all depends on their owner, of course, and how they've been raised, but pit bulls give me the baby you know? All right, what else did we say? Jehu, what else did we say? That's
1: the sacrifice look at in sample. Okay,
0: good. Good 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 okay what I want you to write three paragraphs on please type them and by the way, um, like I said before, take your time and your your content's been very good um, but just three paragraphs uh, and I want you to write about first John chapter 3 verse 20 3:20. For if your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart, for he knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we are confident towards God. So 20 and 21, okay? And I want you to please relate that to agape love, okay? How does agape love, okay, here's the concrete question. How does agape love keep us from condemning ourselves, okay? How does agape love keep us from condemning ourselves? If our heart condemns us, and it does. But God is greater than our heart because he knows everything. So this tree of agape love here, right? What what were the words? Preemptive. What's preemptive? What's preemptive? Come on, real quick. Before. Before, before. good. Unilateral? Unilateral. Action of one person, eminence. God is loving
1: us hundred percent.
0: Good. All right. Somebody other than Nupu, because Nupu's <laughs> got all the answers. <laughs> what was the other one here that I just erased? Perpetual. Transcendent, perpetual. Yes. Like
1: the
0: waves. Yes. He's relentless. and transcendent okay so that so three paragraphs on how love knowing who how God loves us with the agape love and first John 3: 20 and 21 keeps us from condemning ourselves right make sense all right father thank you thank you God we bless your name Lord open these truths to our hearts not just our heads but our hearts and uh, thank you Jesus for these amazing words in your your precious name amen Amen. all
1: right